I was fortunate to be part of the, the Bible study that um, Marion was part of. And so kind of when you hear someone is gone, I think you have different feelings. I did not have words to express. And so I went to some different expressions in poetry to try to help me understand and give thought to Marion's passing. And I'll read one of them to you, one that's probably familiar to you. And I'll mention another that may not be quite so familiar to you. But they are different expressions. One of them is very positive. One of them is quite frankly expressing feelings of being bereft. When someone goes away, I think most of us feel, oh, too soon. I didn't know enough. I wasn't able to spend enough time with that person. I want to thank Catherine before she even says words because she was a close friend of Marion's. And Catherine, you gave me understanding of Marion that I did not have at all before. You gave a fullness to her that no one else could do. So thank you for that, Catherine. Um, the two poems, one of them is called A Psalm of Life, and that may be the one that more people are familiar with. It's by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and it is quite positive. The other is called Funeral Blues, and that's a poem by W.H. Auden where his only expression after having lost someone is stop all the clocks, cut off the telephone, prevent the dog from barking, just stop everything. A Psalm of Life in a different vein, says this. <clears throat> Tell me not in mournful numbers life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers and things are not what they seem. Life is real. Life is earnest. And the grave is not the goal. Dust thou art to dust returnest, 
was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way, but to act as each tomorrow finds us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb, driven cattle. Be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, howe'er pleasant. Let the dead past bury the dead. Act, and act in the living present, heart within, and God overhead. Lives of great ones all remind us that we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another sailing o'er life's solemn main, one forlorn and shipwrecked, seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. Marion, thank you for your footprints. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we will miss her insights, her willingness to ask questions, and her willingness to listen carefully for possible answers. We will miss her seeking spirit. We thank you for your gifts of wisdom to her and her ability to point others to become more of what they desired to be. We ask that you make us aware that you offer us persons in our life to make our lives much more complete. We pray all in your holy name. Tonight's scripture reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. For, every se- for everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace 
and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So good evening, y'all. Um, my name is Megan Williams. I and my family met Marion through this 635 community. Our family began attending this worship service over five years ago, and that was a season of, um, it was a rough time in my spiritual identity. We found this space, and this space and its people received us during a time which we called our, our deep crisis of church. God had carried me through a very painful season, and my deepening faith had led me to question the practices and the constraints of our previous faith community. So when I got here, I felt like a goo of mushy theological beliefs, but I was a goo that was laying on the found rock bed, the bedrock of belief that God is good and fiercely loving. And I'm sure I am not the only person that the Holy Spirit has blown into this space who feels that way and has felt that way. This chapel around us is a thin space to many. It feels like a space and a place where the world and God's incredible presence is, is very thin. This chapel, I think for many of us, has felt like a, a place where spiritual misfits and or seekers can get some rest. And I think that Marion felt that way about this space too. Through worshiping in this chapel and through God's great grace, I have had the privilege of meeting people who have had a deep impact and who have formed me professionally and spiritually. And unfortunately, many of them probably have no clue how much they mean to me. And Marion was one of those people. Marion was a regular in this space, um, both physically and then also through the mysterious power of internet worship. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, she was always in the same spot. Um, and it took me a long time to muster up the courage to really talk to her more than just kind of a meek hi. Um, but over time, I got to know her through mutual friends, and the more time that we spent together, we got to know each other, um, I was able to share more aspects of the, the messy spiritual place that I was in as I was in the process of discerning how I was being called to leadership within the church. And through her passion for leadership development and career coaching, Marion kind of began to kind of take me under her wing and in her very Marion way. My previous uh, faith community had very strict gender guidelines about um, ways that women could serve and all of those different things in leadership. And during my time at Trinity years ago, when I first landed here and was really, for the first few years of being here, really trying to release that, 
I was continuously surprised and frustrated how hard it was to let go of those self-limiting ideologies, even though I didn't believe them or want to be constrained by them. And I think Marion was also in a similar process of trying to let go of stuck things and being surprised and frustrated about how difficult that was. And despite all of that, she was always very generous with the things that she knew and connected me to resources that I still use in ministry. A few years ago, Marion agreed to preach on a Wednesday evening, and I, I remember her nervously, um, I remember her nervously preparing and then telling me, um, I don't know how this is gonna be received. It's kind of heretical. They might run me off with pitchforks. And I assured her that the wonderful folks of the 635 community could handle whatever she felt called and led to preach about, and also that it definitely wasn't the worst thing the Holy Spirit has ever heard in the course of human history. Um, and many of y'all might, you might remember when she did preach, and it's no surprise that Marion and the Holy Spirit crushed it. It was a great sermon. And I actually still have a little note taped to my work folder with a line from that sermon. So during that sermon, Marion invited us to reflect on the, on the idea that an attribute of bravery is resilience. Now that I reflect on that, I think we're brave when we return to those stuck places that trap us in self-limiting cycles and patterns, even when it's hard, and even when it feels like we find ourselves there over and over and over again. As we remember Marion this evening and give thanks for all that she, the incredible person that Marion is and was, Marion is continuing to invite us to remember that an attribute of bravery is resilience. And then sometime after that sermon, I, I shared that I was considering applying to seminary and discerning a call to ordained ministry. And she was genuinely really interested in that. And she asked me a theological question, and then she asked me why I believed that. And I gave her some kind of awful, mushy-gooey answer, and she stared at me. And if you have ever been stared at by Marion, you know that that is a stare that melts your face off. <laughs> and so she just stared at me, and when she finally spoke, still staring, she said, you sound like you're full of poo. But she didn't say poo, and she didn't even say crap. <laughs> and I was so overwhelmed because she was right. <laughs> and I said, Marion, I feel like I'm full of poo. And I also didn't say the word poo. <laughs> and then Marion said, we should really go to lunch. And I feel like right there, that was Marion. <laughs> she could push us into discomfort. But from that place, she wanted us to be brave. She wanted us to be resilient, and she was really rooting for us. When we met for lunch, um, she gave me a book because pastors need lots of books. Indeed. <laughs> I am, I'm really sad that I did not connect with her more recently, but I am very grateful to have known Marion. 
and I am deeply grateful to have been shaped by Marion. I hear those words, Megan, you sound like you're full of, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but also, I'm really glad that my kids knew Miss Marion. They were both terrified and enthralled by Miss Marion, and to be honest, so was I. <laughs> I miss her a lot, and I really, really, really wish that she were still here. Um, but now I, I know that she is whole and she is well, and also I really, really hope that she's still snarky because I really look forward to talking with her again. Thanks, y'all. Good evening. My name is Catherine, and I am Marion's friend. When Claudia and Sharon and I were helping empty Marion's apartment, I found a Ziggy cartoon that seemed poignant and helped me more fully understand my friend. So let me grab it. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's from... Oh, am I too quiet? Okay. Thank you. She's going to turn up the thing. Um, the cartoon is a... Hello? Yes. <laughs> I'm Catherine. <laughs> um, so Claudia and I emptied out, um, helped empty out uh, Marion's apartment. I found this Ziggy cartoon that really kind of, to me, described my friend. Um, Ziggy's walking along and sees a flower all by himself. Good morning, little flower. Little flower, you look so lonesome up here on this hill all alone. All the other flowers grow in clusters in the valley. On the other hand, up here you never have to worry about growing in anyone's shadow, and you're closer to the sun than they are, but then you have no one to talk to or to share with. I guess that's the price one pays for solitude and independence. And that was kind of her personality. She was a very independent person. We met about 10 years ago while she was receiving um, treatment for breast cancer. <clears throat> um, and she didn't really open up to many people and I feel honored that I was one of her close friends. Uh, shortly after she finished her cancer treatment, she moved to Jacksonville and we stayed in touch and had lunch whenever she came to Gainesville. And she moved back to Gainesville, I invited her to come to Trinity with me. She jumped right in and was a regular in this service, attended Bible study on Wednesdays with us, and uh, was on the staff parish, served on the staff parish. Before the pandemic, we went out on lunch dates, ate Wednesday night dinner together before she would come over here, and we attended other church events together. I always valued our time. Marianne rarely wanted to talk about herself and would often use her coaching skills on me to help me through different aspects of my job. Marianne was a trained business coach and thoroughly enjoyed learning about business coaching. She attended webinars and helped facilitate breakout rooms for WBEX, which is an international business coaching organization. During the pandemic, Marianne was very cautious and we've only seen each other twice since March of 2020, but we always stayed in touch. We had our weekly Wednesday Bible study at, we met on Zoom, and we talked on the phone every week, sometimes twice a week. 
Those calls were often brief, but we both gained a lot from them. She would tell me about recent coaching webinars or how she was feeling, and then ask me about my life. She would always stop herself from saying too much with an anyway and try to steer the conversation towards me. She encouraged me to stop and just talk during those weekly calls. As a working mom, I don't have a lot of time to just sit and talk. Marion made sure that I knew how important I was to her and what a great mom and wife she thought I was. She was a huge Catherine fan. <laughs> we always ended the call by setting up our next time to talk. My Google Calendar is full of Marion's. I can't say that I have another friend like Marion. She was unique, intelligent, kind, supportive. She made her opinion known, be it positive or not so positive. She would not have wanted a big hubbub around her passing. But I know she treasured Wednesdays. She enjoyed Bible study, and she especially loved this Wednesday evening service. Trinity was her home. Thank you, my church family, for making my friend feel welcome. Thank you also to Tom and Claudia for supporting Marion. She had few friends, but the ones she had, she truly valued. And I know she really appreciated all that you guys did for her. Thank you also to Marion's family in Ohio. She always spoke so fondly of her niece, Rachel, who is watching us on YouTube tonight. Although I told her I was gonna pretend there was nobody watching online because I don't like talking in front of people. <clears throat> um, but I'm really glad that I'm able to connect with them and um, talk to her kind family. Marion, I miss you. I miss our phone calls. I miss your support. I miss your way of looking at things. I miss how you would listen to me and then ask one question that really made me rethink everything I had just said. Thank you. Thank you, 635 Family Service, service Family, for being here tonight and for honoring my friend. I really appreciate it. I don't think there's much else to say. These two ladies have said most everything. But I'm gonna add another little bit of scripture that I, and I'm gonna turn myself down because I'm a bit louder than Catherine. But when I was thinking about what I would share briefly this evening, I thought of the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but not the love part, the second part that we often miss because we stop with the words, love never ends. So hear these words from the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to the childish ways, or we hope so. For now, we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, 
Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love remain, these three, and the greatest of these is love. I share that this evening because it reminds me of Miriam. My experience of Miriam has been through our Wednesday night Bible study, or Wednesday morning Bible studies via Zoom. I have never seen her face to face, though I longed to. And yet, as I came to know her through her voice, I came to appreciate the good questions that she asked, questions that made us all pause and wonder and it pushed us into a deeper understanding of who God is for us and how that scripture might help us know God in a deeper way. She asked good questions because she sought answers. She was always seeking, not because she didn't believe, but because she wanted to believe more fully. She wanted to deepen and enrich this walk of faith. And she invited us all to do that with her. As she pondered, she invited us to ponder too. But there was something she never questioned. As Megan said, that bedrock of faith, she rested on the knowledge that God loved us. And in that message she gave in 2018, I got to hear it. Thank you, John, for sending it to me. And wow, it was a powerful message. And in that message, she said and invited us, a community, to radiate God's unconditional love. She admitted that she was not the best at this at times. And she offered us some ways that she was stepping into this more fully and invited us along on this truth that God's unconditional love was present for all. And so she kept asking questions and seeking answers and striving to do her best because she knew that Christ could hold her questions as she gained greater understanding of who Christ was for her. I also connect to this verse this evening because we did not, over the last three years since COVID, get to see Miriam face to face very much, if at all. But guess who gets to see her face to face now? The one who holds all the answers. The one who longs to listen to all the questions. Our dear friend Marion now sees fully. And she is experiencing that resurrection life in the place that she has always longed to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.